Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. Life is back on sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting and all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BetUS for 125% bonuses with promo code EB125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone. Social and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com with promo code EB125. Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine, rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars, Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Friday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorens in the early break. Fun show so far. Check out the podcast at theticketfm.com. Great stuff from you, the listeners, and from Derek Bombeck. We'll have Lee Sterling next segment to talk all things NFL and college football. But now, Sip to start the 7 o'clock hour. One of our absolute favorite guests out there joins us every once in a while on the show. It is Jerry DiNardo of the Big Ten Network. Good morning, Jerry. Thank you for joining us. Are you ready for another slate of Big Ten football this weekend? Morning, Jake and Chip. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm ready. Not, well, I should say yeah. I'm not quite ready. I, You know, it's kind of like football. You know, you kind of go right up to kickoff, and you're not really ready until uh, a minute before kickoff, just so you make sure that you've uh, crossed every T and dotted every I, as they say. So give me a little bit more time. I have until 11 o'clock tomorrow for the first yes, game. Yes, you do. Nine o'clock the first show. Well, Jerry, you guys are on that BTN set are great. I mean, I, I mean it. I'm not. I don't toss roses around too much. <laughs> um, but that's true. But Jerry. I really enjoy. I mean, you guys have a a really good chemistry. Those are really good shows. Dave Revson leads the way, and I really enjoy that. I make it a point to watch, and that's one reason we're having you on here now, Jerry. That leads me to my first question. You you have to get your paid. You're paid to watch this stuff very closely. 
which Big Ten teams, in your opinion, are doing the best job of maximizing their talent so far? I guess I'm asking <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> why do you laugh? I thought I, I thought that was a wonderful question. Which big? Yeah, I was I, I, I was I was getting a little bit Yep. Okay. Is that is that the question, sir? Yeah. Which, gonna, going? Yeah. Which which <laughs> Big Ten teams are doing the best job of maximizing their talent? Okay, so I usually answer these questions by going through the conference alphabetically yes. uh, through my brain as I'm answering the question. But I'm going to jump to the M's. I think uh, Michigan State probably has done the best job yes. maximizing its resources, uh, especially with the portal, but especially coaching. I, I mean, you know, you mentioned the chemistry we have on the set. You know, part of that is we spend so much time together every year in the world. And, you know, it's kind of like if you remember road trips when you were in college. I mean, there's a lot of time spent. Uh, outside of watching practice. So, you know, we talk about all these things, but to answer your question, uh, you know, if I went down, if I went down to the, the, the conference, you know, Illinois, I would not put in that, that uh, category right now. I'd say Iowa, even though they lost does, you know, Indiana does on defense. They're struggling with offense because of injury. Maryland, no. Michigan, maybe. You know, Michigan's an interesting team right now. You know, we said this yesterday on there. You, you know, they've been undefeated at this time of year before in the past. You know, it's the, it's the second half of the season. And they may have the best schedule for their team of any of the 14 teams. I mean, look at their schedule. I mean, it, it, it's possessive, right? Mm-hmm. Even having this this uh, a, a week off and then playing Northwestern and then playing Michigan State. So Michigan, perhaps, let's wait. I already mentioned Michigan State. I, I think P.J. Fleck maximizes his resources. I think he... You know, he, he's he's a different bird. There's no doubt about it. He's really different. Mm-hmm. But he, he maximizes his resources. Uh, you guys can speak to Nebraska better than I do. Northwestern, usually this year, no. I think they've got some problems on defense. Mm-hmm. They haven't solved. Ohio State, not early. You know, we're going to see what they look like tomorrow and the rest of the year. But, you know, Ryan had to get the defense straightened out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of times Jeff Ryan maximizes resources at Purdue. I think James Franklin, I think that's one of the strengths. Uh, I think it's a strength of Big Seattle at Rutgers. I think it's a strength of Paul Chris uh, at Wisconsin. Paul just doesn't have a lot of resources this year to maximize. Joined by Jerry Good General, BTN. B- T- uh, Jerry, for, for Nebraska, it, it's just been a frustrating year once again. Nebraska's 3-5 and five overall. They're 1-4 in conference play. You know, All five of their losses are by seven points or less. It's all close games that they're losing Scott Frost now five and seventeen in one score games in his t- time in Nebraska. When you watch this team, like what is missing at the very end that they just can't get over the hump consistently, time and time again? Like what do you see from your vantage point about Nebraska? Yeah, I, I don't know that there's ever one thing. You know, I think there's a psychological part to this. You know, the more you talk about uh, a reoccurring theme, the more it's it's liable to creep into your mindset when. Uh, it's at that time that you've been talking about it. You know, that that could be it. You know, the, the other team's playing too, guys. I mean, you, you know, one-score games, uh, you, you know, you're usually, you know, playing as good as you can be playing at the end if you're going to win the game. Um, so I, you know, I don't know that I have the answer. I don't know that anyone has the answer. It, it, it's been frustrating watching Nebraska. I'm sure it's frustrating for the fans. It's more frustrating for the players and the coaches than, than any of us, but you know, it's just one of those programs that, that has had a difficult time getting over the hump. And I think, you know, we're all pulling for them to get over the hump. 
But losing one score games, you know, I think you have to give some credit to the opponent, and you have to look at what you're doing at the end of the game and trying to figure out, you know, why it why it continues to happen. But I don't think there's any magic dust that you can put on it. I think it's part of building a program. I mean, look at the teams they've lost to at the end. You know, they're you know they're pretty good teams, and, and they're and they're playing as well. So, I I, I think the best is one of the most interesting studies in the country. And I think I'm not alone in that thought. You know. How is this going to continue to develop, and you know when are they going to break through? Jerry, why do you? Okay, that's interesting. I'll stop it right there. You consider Nebraska one of the most interesting stories in the country. Why expand on that, if you don't mind? Well, I think they're a historic power. I mean, if you're a college football fan uh, that has followed uh, college football for generations, Nebraska's always been uh, until recently. They've always been in, in people's minds. I mean, they're. What what schools in the Big Ten are talked about outside the Big Ten football? Obviously Ohio State, obviously Michigan, and then when a Michigan State does what they've done this year, they they begin to be talked about outside the footprint. Nebraska is one of the schools that is talked about outside the footprint, whether it's positive or negative, because it's an important part of college football history. Plus, they've changed conferences that. You know, if you're really old, you know, you'll touch the angle, touch the angle. I mean, there's, there's a lot of history to Nebraska that people outside the footprint would know, as opposed, well, take Indiana, for example. Is, is Indiana basketball talked about outside the footprint? Yes. Yes. Is Indiana football talked outside the footprint? Well, it was last year, right? Just like Michigan State's being talked about this year. But Indiana basketball will always be talked about outside the footprint. Football, not so much. Nebraska football, whether it's doing good or bad, will always be talked about outside the footprint. Will Nebraska basketball be talked outside the footprint? Not must they have a great year. So I think it's one of those schools that if you're a big-time football fan, you want to know what the heck's going on. Okay. You look at the last four games for Nebraska, Jerry. Purdue in Lincoln, Ohio State in Lincoln, at Wisconsin, Iowa in Lincoln. What do you expect from Nebraska in those games, record-wise? <clears throat> uh, give me the, give me the, give give them to me again. Okay, please. Purdue. Nebraska has a bye this week. Then they play Purdue at home, Ohio State at home, at Wisconsin, Iowa at home. Okay, so I think it's fair to say Ohio State and Iowa will be favorites, right? Not that we're getting into gambling, but I mean, most people would think that they would win. And I think the other two uh, could go either way. And I think, to me, you know, having been at Vanderbilt, having been at at Indiana, and then having been at LSU, I've always looked at the schedule a lot different. First of all, I don't believe in that one and those stuff. Like every game's the same, and it's the process. I mean, that works in Tuscaloosa, right? Because it, it, it's a good thing in Tuscaloosa to take one game at a time and one and all and all that kind of stuff. But when you're fighting for your life and when you're trying to get bowl eligible. Uh-huh. I, the, the players are looking at the schedule and saying we can beat these teams. Uh-huh. You know, why wouldn't a coach look at the schedule and say we can beat these teams? So to me, it's all about the matchup opponents, right? To me, that's where the energy comes in. You know, you, if you're expending so much energy and so so much time in some big time non conference game or some big game that is against an opponent that ranks in the top five in recruiting year in and year out, and you're you're ranked 20 or 30. I mean, of course you want to win the game. Of course you prepare. I used to kid on the network all the time, and then it just got old after a while. I used to call these games Super Bowls. Yeah. Like, 
like when Nebraska played Northwestern. To me, that was a Super Bowl. Yeah. For both teams. Both yeah. teams had to win that game. Yeah. That was a game that the players looked on their schedule and said, we can beat these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, do, does a player at a, at a team that has a losing record look at Ohio State and say, we can beat this team? No, they say we can upset this team. We can, you know, we can practice hard. Maybe we can win. But when, when, when switching sidelines with the coaches matters, the teams are equal. And, and those are the games that I think you have to win. So to answer your question, I think two of those teams that you mentioned are probably superior to Nebraska and two are closer than being matchup opponents. But, but you know, we've been through this in the first half of the schedule as well. And Jerry, if that's the case, if it is a toss-up for two games and a loss in two games, you're talking about five and seven. That'd be four straight years of no bowl game for Scott Frost. He's right now 15 and 25 through 40 games. Although this year they have looked better, despite losing, as I mentioned, all these close games. I mean, if you're Nebraska AD Trev Alberts, who who did speak pretty highly of Scott Frost following the Michigan game, to an article we have with ESPN, but. I'm just curious, you know, what what kind of decision making do you think is going through his head right now about about Scott Frost and and even for next year for Nebraska? Well, you know, I mean, I, I mean that's a long answer, right? I mean, obviously, wins and losses are the easiest way to evaluate someone's work and coaching. Okay, but what about if you look at your team in your conference and say if everybody's maximizing their resources, which it would be? So if you look at Nebraska and you look at them in the West. And if they're all, if all seven are rocking and rolling, who should be in the top? So someone has to make that decision. Has the coach been supported at the at the correct level? Whether it's me supporting the coach or whether it was the previous AD supporting the coach. Um, what's it look like against the teams that are fairly equal talent? I mean, there's just so much to look at. I mean, the, the problem athletic directors have is – is not necessarily evaluating the record because anybody could do that. Obviously, uh-huh. it's what the record, you know, it's what the record should be. And to me, uh-huh. the overall decision for an athletic record, and, and I've been on both sides of this. Obviously, the overriding decision for the athletic director: Do I believe in his or her plan? I mean, that's a simple question. Okay. Okay. Do I, do I really believe in his or her plan? When I had, when I got a new, I had, I say this all the time. I had three presidents at Indiana, three ADs, and six mission statements. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, who is who is deciding whether they believe in my plan or not? I mean, obviously, anybody can look at my record and say, "You didn't win a lot of games." Well, yeah, no kidding. That, you didn't have to, you know, go to AD school to figure that out. But do you believe in my plan? Or the LSU when Emmert came in, you know, the people that hired me believed in my plan. I had a little bit, I had a rough spot. We won three bowl games in a row, first time in the school history, and then we struggled. When the new people came in, why would they believe in my plan? They, they weren't there when I got there, and they had lost for six straight years. They just saw me lose. Okay. And so that's what happened. When you, if you believe in the plan, regardless of the record, you stick with him or her as the coach. Okay, interesting. Now, I'm going to cut all new ones. Out of the equation, Jerry DiNardo of BTN, you you watch Nebraska. Do you see a bowl team there? Is that are they? Do they look? Do they have the look of a bowl team? All new ones aside, life is back on sports betters, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their twenty seventh year and live betting and all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. 
BetUS for 125% bonuses with promo code EB125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone. Social and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com with promo code EB125. Well, Seth, I mean, there's like a hundred bowls. I mean, there's, 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 there's going to be some teams that go to a bowl game. Let's say Nebraska doesn't go to a bowl game. There's going to be some teams that go to bowl games that Nebraska could beat. Right. I, I mean, I, you know, teams with losing records have gone to bowl games, right? When they can't fill, when right. they can't fill it up, the NCAA has a certain rule, and all, you know, so I. Do they look like a bowl team? I, you know, I guess they did against Northwestern. I mean, this is you know, this is week to week, right? We got an argument on desk last Saturday night that you know I didn't put Purdue in my top three. Okay, and someone asked me in the West, and somebody asked me on the set, "Did you watch the game?" And I said, "You're all crazy." Yeah, I watched the game, but it was one game. Okay. Last week we were trashing this team, and this week we think they're the best. Oh. <laughs> you're right. It's you know, week to week. Yeah. It, it, it's it's week in it's week in and week out. So uh, anyway, I, you know I don't know how to answer the both questions. Just do they I look do they look like a bowl team? That's I think all right. Trip. Yeah, they look like a bowl team against Northwestern. Now, what are they going to look like tomorrow? Okay, yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> they're buying tomorrow. They're, they're they're tomorrow. Buying tomorrow. Yes. They are Jekyll and Hyde. Yes, we'll have to find out the next week against Purdue. Against Purdue. Uh, joined by Jerry Donato, Big Ten Network. Uh, Jerry, re- regarding this week's games, not not a lot of great marquee matchups in the Big Ten. I guess the one of interest, of course, is Wisconsin and Purdue. I mean, what are your What are your thoughts on that game, and, and who do you believe is going to come away victorious in it? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the you know the obvious thing is how Jeff gets his team back. I interviewed him yesterday. Okay. Uh, I asked him that question. I, 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 as I was asking the question, I said, I'm sure you know, you've been asked this question before I asked it. You know, so it's always a problem getting the team back after a great win like they had against Iowa. I, I think the X and O part is going into the Iowa game, uh, Purdue was really struggling on, in the run game, especially on first and ten. So they were constantly behind schedule from second down on. And Jeff likes to throw the ball a lot as it is, and you put him behind schedule, it's going to become a pass rush drill, and he's going to throw it every down. And they were struggling in the red zone. Well, typically what happens, they had a week off, and they, they fixed some of their red zone problems, and they fixed some of their first and ten problems, and that's really why they beat Iowa. And then Iowa, of course, was coming off the Penn State win, and so you have all this drama, you know, other than the X's and the O's. So to answer the question, if Purdue can stay on schedule against Wisconsin, but I have to tell you, uh, staying on schedule with Wisconsin is, is something that not many people do. I mean, they are so well built on defense. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and Jim Lennon has gotten so much credit for it, and, and it, it deservingly so. So uh, it's going to be an ugly win, I think, whoever wins it. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, this Purdue defense, I think Jeff did a great job making the change. You know, he had Diaco on the staff, which was a disaster, and then he fixed that. Uh so who's going to win, Jake? Shoot, man, I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be it's going to be a close game, a little scoring game, uh, but I'm not sure who's going to win. You know, Wisconsin's probably better than we think, and probably Purdue's probably not as good as they looked last week. So, okay. 
We'll probably meet in the middle somewhere. Okay. Speaking of the Badgers, I mean, they have been a, a bizarre team this year, Jerry, because you know they, they play well for three quarters, and then against Notre Dame, they get thrashed. Against Michigan, they get thrashed in the fourth quarter. Graham Mertz has been I, has been pretty underwhelming this year, to be polite to him. I mean, what what do you see as far as what happened with that picture? They, they, they were so high on him coming in there, and it just has not been pretty so far. What, what do you see is the problem with Graham Mertz and that offense with Wisconsin? Yeah, I think we all overreacted, right? His first game against Illinois, yes. I think he was like 17 to 17 and wound up being 19 for 22, whatever the heck it was. He, he, he looked great. Um, well, you know, people ask me all the time because I'm critical of them lining up in the I formation and thinking that they can win. And then people say, well, well, they've done that for years. Why can't they? Why would it not work this year? And I, my short answer is, well, they don't have a tailback that can take care of the extra guy in the box. You know, they've had great tailbacks. Okay. They've had great offensive lines. And so they've, they've been playing bully ball for a long time until they get to, against a team with a lot of talent, like Ohio State or Penn State or whatever, and then they struggle. I, I think this is more about Wisconsin's future than it is about this year and last year. I mean, if you look at their recent history, I, I mean, they're in transition now. I, I mean, this thing is an automatic. You know, just because Barry won and just because Brent won and just because Paul won early, you know, this thing doesn't automatically renew itself. I, I think Wisconsin, their recruiting is, you know, up and down a little bit. Uh, they still are playing a lot of I-formation football, although uh, against Michigan, they were in, if I remember my count right, they were in one back three wides 49 times and in the I-formation only seven times. So it seems that they know when they play the best teams, they've got to get out of the eye. And now it's turned out to be, even when they play equal teams, they got to get out of the eye. So they're, I think Wisconsin's a really, really interesting watch. I don't think this thing's automatic. I don't think it's reload and move on. Mm. I think they're being challenged to continue to build this program. Mm. So is Nebraska. Now, Nebraska has a fourth-year starter at quarterback in Adrian Martinez. Did you put where? Who's the best quarterback in the Big Ten? Who's in that conversation in Jerry DiNardo's mind? Well, uh, C.J. Stroud by far the best quarterback. Okay, I mean, I, interesting. I, interesting. I mean, Sip, he, he doesn't have a ceiling. I mean, now he may go out and lay an egg every once in a while or tomorrow oh. or whatever, but pure talent, Okay. my goodness. I mean, he's, you know, Revson said it a couple weeks ago or last week on air, you know, he's going to wind up in New York, you know, with the Heisman stuff and, you know whether that's true or not. You know he's in, he's going to be in the conversation. So I think it starts. I think it starts with him. You know I, I I think Adrian. I think we all love Adrian. You know again we go we go on the campus tour or the bus tour every fall and just fall in love with some of these guys because of their personality and the way they work and their their leadership during practice and uh, you know Adrian's one of our favorite guys for all those reasons. Plus he's a really good player. You know, we're in such a quarterback-centric offense right now, quarterback-centric college football. College football has never been so much based on quarterbacks. And one of the problems with that is if they're on an average team, they're always trying to make too many plays. Mm -hmm. You look at at Leah at at Maryland. Mm -hmm. I mean, five interceptions against Iowa. Why? Well, he thought he could win the game himself. Mm-hmm. I think we're calling it hero ball on the air, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think Adrian sometimes – and, and Jake, we talk about the end of the game. You know, how many times maybe has it been someone on the Nebraska team trying to make a play? And how many times has it been Adrian? Right. And that's what you want him to do, right? Right. I mean, right. you know, you got to cut him some slack. I mean, 
yeah, he may screw this up, but he, him making a play might be our only chance to win. You know, the right guard yeah. doesn't have that, that pressure on him. Nobody knows who he is. And you got this guy in the spread offense that, you know, it, it, it touches the ball every down and is in a position that very few quarterbacks have ever been in. You know, he's in a spread attack, quarterback-centric attack, and a history, historic program that hasn't won recently. I mean, my God, that's a lot of pressure. Yep. Of course he's going to make some mistakes because he wants to make a play and win. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Do you put him in the upper echelon of Big Ten quarterbacks, Adrian Yeah, Martinez? yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have to, you know, again, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, uh, Howard does more personnel. Joshua does more personnel. You know, okay. I, I, I love the, the X's and the O's and the, and the schemes and the strategy of the game more than the personnel. So, you, you know, I, when someone asks me a question like that, I have to stop and think about all the quarterbacks, so on and so forth. Yeah. But, yeah, to answer your question, absolutely. Okay. Last thing, Jerry. Uh, a lot of good coaches in this conference. There's a lot of rumors regarding Mel Tucker at, to LSU, yeah. possibly James yeah. Franklin to, to USC. Maybe yes. I, I'm curious of those two guys specifically. Which one would you be more surprised if they are back at their school next year versus somewhere else? Good question. More surprised. Uh, you know, I I don't think either one of them will leave. Hmm. Uh, I would say, since we're talking about it, I think James would be a fit at Southern Cal if he wanted the job. Mm-hmm. And Mel, you know, Mel has been at LSU. Mm-hmm. The only thing about LSU is the team owner situation. You, you know, what, there's always someone there that wants to own the team. Like sometimes it's the athletic director. You know, somebody wants to be Jerry Jones there. Sometimes it's the athletic director. Sometimes it's a board member. Sometimes it's a politician, mm-hmm. and so you know you've got to you've got to. I think nowadays you have to have it in writing that you're going to hire your coaches. I mean, this athletic director at LSU was hiring assistant coaches for Ogeron. I mean, I can tell you what. Oh boy, that ain't going oh, over boy. with Mel Tucker. Oh boy. Oh, is that right? Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, Mel Tucker. You know, he is a complete. It's his operation and so on and so forth, and he wants the support to be appropriate support. And uh, that's what he has at Michigan State. And James has great support at Penn State. And nowadays, you know, Southern Cal's the best job in the Pac-12. LSU's one of the top three, but Alabama's the best job in the SEC. So if Alabama's maximizing their resources, I mean, it wasn't that long ago before Nick got there. I mean, that's why Nick's there. Alabama wasn't winning all that much. You know, we know about Bear Bryant, but – you know, these historic programs think that can be the best in the conference. They still have to have the right coach. Yes, right? Yep, true. Before Alabama had Nick, Alabama wasn't what it is now. Young people probably think that this has been going on for centuries. It no, hasn't. It no. comes and goes, even in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So if Alabama's maximizing their resources, the LSU job is probably the second best in the West. And then you got the East to contend with. We're in, we're in SC. SC is by far the best job in the Pac-12. It's not even close. Oh, wow. Yeah, interesting. Good point, Jerry. Jerry, always great stuff. Thank you for your time this morning. We will chat with you again down the road. All right, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry DiNardo, Big Ten Network. It's a lot from Jerry. I'm glad you asked that last question about about Tucker, LSU, maybe Franklin, USC. You know, Jerry coached at LSU. Mm-hmm. He knows that area. He coached there from 95 to 99. So when Nebraska was winning national titles, Jerry was down at LSU coaching. 
So he knows the lay of the land on there. That's fascinating what he said that that AD's hiring assistant coaches. That's weird. Yeah, I oh, I am okay. a strong advocate that that shouldn't happen. And I'm talking about Trev Alberts too. I hope that Trev This is just me talking. I hope that Trev isn't nudging Scott that way. I hope that he, I I think in, now Jake, you can disagree with me. I think an AD should give the coach control of his staff yeah, it's, and it's stay the team. hell out it's of his it. team. And stay out of it. Yeah, AD should not be hiring assistant coaches. I don't no. think so. I don't think so. No. I mean, now some people would say, though, Jake, hey, Sip, that's the boss. He's the he's the AD. That's weird, though. <clears throat> no, the boss of the football program is the head coach. You should trust him to make the right moves. Right. Like in, in the NFL, the head coach is the one who hires the assistants. It's not the GM it's say, the hey, GM. this is your assistant. I it's, think we, so. I, it's not usually like, unless unless you're both the GM and the head coach, yeah. like O'Brien was, but that's strange. You you should pick out the guys you think fit I for your I think the stand. AD should stay out of those I, decisions. I agree. Do I you? agree. I totally agree with that. That's, yeah. that's, that's now, weird. We, well, Sean Eichhorst, well, Sean Sean Eichhorst was a bad AD. Pushed for Bob Diaco. Right, and it was horrible. It, it was horrifying. It was horrifying. It didn't fit at all. It did not. So... Don't make decisions right. for your head coach and your program. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, joins us next on Early Break on the Ticket.